the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best star of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site, covering the Arizona Cardinals. And with me for our first preview show of the week, for the second time this week, is co-host Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, the SB Nation Arizona Cardinals site, and also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast, Seth. Oh, it is, it's, this is, this is Cardinals-Texans, a game that we thought was going to be the Tank Bowl way back in the day, um, but now on episode 487, we get to talk about what is a super intriguing matchup, and, and, and in terms of, and in terms of with Kyler Murray back, it feels almost like a bit of measuring stick early on. The Falcons... That home game against a team that's that's kind of inconsistent. What you've got now, we've got a road game uh, against a team they've never beaten in Houston uh, that feels like they are at least a year ahead of their rebuild because C.J. Stroud is doing so well. So, Seth, so we start this, our, our, is, as we call this, our preview picks and prop bets show. Um as we preview this, Seth, what what is your feeling about kind of what the the game's narrative is and what it means for the Cardinals this week? You know, I think it's just one of those games where they need to figure out um, if they can slow down a good defense, right? And or sorry, a good offense, and and that's been a really tough task for anybody playing the Houston Texans. So it's not just going to be the Cardinals, right? It's it's any team and and so the Cardinals get that chance this week. I mean, CJ Stroud's been a complete revelation. Uh, I mean, if you listen to the draft podcast, you know, everybody knew he was our, our quarterback one, but nobody within, within their wildest dreams expected him to be this good. I mean, well, this good this early, right? That, that's, right that's kind of thing. Right. Nobody expected him to be this good this early. And I didn't even watch him much, but the one time I saw him was at the end of that Tampa game. And like, I knew that he threw an accurate ball, but Holy cow. He now granted. Yeah. Tampa's defense. What, what were they doing? But he just carves up his 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 ball placement, his accuracy. It's it's next level, especially for a rookie. And you know, we thought maybe Justin Fields would be the guy to finally toss aside the Ohio State quarterback failures. No, I think it's C.J. Stroud. Yeah, and 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 so that's just been a kind of a revelation because what everybody kind of expected this season and why they expected you know this to be a battle of of to get the first pick in the draft was because of everybody expected him to be a rookie quarterback maybe not to the negative level we've seen of Bryce Young but you know to be a rookie quarterback nobody expected him to be a legitimate uh, 
contender for a top 10 quarterback, let alone the fact that he's a legitimate, you know, MVP candidate at this time with what he's done from a production standpoint. I mean, 15 touchdowns to only two interceptions over 2,600 yards passing, you know, his completion percentage is probably his weakest thing at, at just above 61%, but that's okay because he's not turning the ball over. So his inaccurate throws aren't throws that are, turnover throws they're they're just throwaways or they're you know they're missing his target which is better than what we've seen um you know so i think everybody expected what they're doing on defense which is just kind of kind of average to below average in a lot of scenarios because like the cardinals they lacked a lot of talent and you know the cardinals could have gone a similar route and, and taken a Will Anderson Jr. who's been, you know, a really good player for the Texans, but they decided and, and I think you and I would say in the rightfully so, they decided to go after um you know the bulk of more picks next year. And yeah. it just Well that you know, that it, on top of that is is like, I always felt that Will Anderson pick was a home run pick. How could you go wrong with that player in that position and with that impact however when you still get a Paris Johnson plus what they get on top of that I am also not sad about that at all no not at all and so you know it's been it's been interesting because I think the defense is performing how they everyone kind of expected for the Texans but their offense is so far and away exceeding expectations that there's really nothing that you can say or or kind of explain away from it and what i mean by that is you look at the fact that their you know leading receiver um is nico collins who you know he's a young still a young player i think his third year in the league uh, but I mean, he never had more than 480 yards in a season. <laughs> right. and he's already at 631. Uh, they have Tank Dell, who you know I talked about on this show. He's a stud. Uh, Holy crap! Yeah, that that had a lot of a lot of potential, but yeah, he's he's exceeded even my expectations. You know, he's on pace for close to a thousand yards, uh, which is impressive. And then and then you look at it, they've got a guy like Noah Brown who's producing at a rate that he didn't even do in you know in college. Justin and I talked about that the other night. Um, you know, if you go to if you go to his profile his collegiate profile um, and just kind of look at what Noah Brown did, uh, his high at Ohio State was seventy two yards. Oh my. Um, and and so he's playing so far out in front of his skis you know where you know and he had a good season last year with with dallas at 555 total yards in in 16 games you know it's a really strong game or a really strong season for a seventh round pick but you look at his last two weeks over 300 yards receiving like that's like that was basically his career at Ohio State and so to see him do it you know and at the at the NFL level the way he has has been has been crazy and so that's kind of the revelation because you know are they running the ball well 
I mean, they're okay. They don't have a running back averaging over four yards a carry. No, Damian Pierce is, is been as you know, honestly, as as we see running backs often do. Um, young running backs will come in and flash, and then the next year are not as efficient. I, I think that's kind of a normal thing to do. Not like Damian Pierce is having a bad year. He's just has, no, not he, hasn't, at all. he hasn't been the slightly special player that he was as a rookie because he came out of nowhere. Devin Singletary, obviously, you know the the Bills moved on. He was he's he's talented, but like he put up 150 yards and was offensive player of the week when Pierce was out. But he's got like in the eight games before last week, he had 210 yards. Right, and and so you look at it, you know. He's, and even last week, he only averaged five yards a carry. I mean, 30 carries to get 150 <laughs> yards, holy 1999, right? Like, that's not, that's not anything you expect anymore. And so, like, to see it uh, happen the way it did, it, you know, it's, like we said, it's a little different, and, and they're going about it in a different way uh, than we expected uh, with, with names outside of Tank Dell that, that, have never produced at this level. And so you don't know if it's one of those situations where it's going to come crashing down because, you know, it's not sustainable or it's like CJ Stroud's so good that it's like the Andrew Luck effect. Right. Is, is he an Andrew Luck type prospect where he just elevates him? Like the Colts had two quarterbacks like that. Peyton Manning where you took him off the team and he was they, they were hot garbage. Since Andrew Luck, and when they tried to, to replace Andrew Luck after that, the Colts were kind of hot garbage. And maybe C.J. Stroud is, if that's crazy to say after, after half a season, maybe he is, in fact, that impactful a quarterback to be able to do that. But, but there's also the reality that he might be having the greatest rookie season we've ever seen. So, and that's not even hyperbole. Like, he might be having the best rookie quarterback season that we've ever seen. And so, when you look at it from that perspective, it's it's just wild to see what he's done with and who he's done it with. Because nobody, if he struggled, and by struggle I mean, like, if he was just putting up ancillary rookie numbers that we've seen out of top picks like if you go back um you know to 2021 and and trevor lawrence right like nobody would have a problem with it they'd be like oh yeah he's a rookie let's you know let's see how he develops i mean trevor lawrence 3600 yards 12 touchdowns 17 interceptions and and you know nobody would have a problem with that right um and you look at it, and what he's doing is just so. I, I mean, you can't, you genuinely cannot say enough about it because it's just one, so unexpected, but two, he's just been so good that you just kind of shrug your shoulders because you, you don't, from a breakdown standpoint, you're like, I just don't know what to expect because 
again, we've just never seen anything like it before. Other things that we can look at is, is we preview the Texans. Um, you'd think you'd think that with a team coached by D'Amico Ryan's, that defensively they would be better. Like based on what we saw from San Francisco, right? We would expect them to be a good defensive team. Does the scheme that they have? Is it failing in the pass game? I don't want to say failing, but but if we look at their their pass defense, which is not spectacular, um, if we look at their their passing yards allowed, they are in the bottom third. They're giving up uh, 246 passing yards per game. Um, let's pull the pass defense up. They're 21 and, in pass defense. And... They are allowing Sorry, a passer 20, rating, 24. and they're they're allowing a passer rate of ninety three point five. Now, granted, uh, I, I don't like looking at that. There's the Cardinals there at the bottom, next to the just ahead of the Broncos, with a, a passer rating allowed of one hundred one. So we're seeing you know quarterbacks be awesome on the regular. <laughs> yeah, but, and and that's just the reality of it, right? Like they just struggle to find uh consistency because they're not they don't rush the passer extremely well um their corners right now are just okay they're not anything spectacular um and so with with those things i mean you get you kind of get this uneven play you know from a consistency standpoint so it makes sense i mean Their their corners, Steven Nelson, I think he came over from Pittsburgh, right? Like he yes, was yes. Yeah, he was in Pittsburgh for a long or uh, oh, he's been around forever. Jeez. He has. Uh, he played for Cleveland too, I think. Uh he KC, Pittsburgh, Philly, Houston. Okay. So he's been been around like forever, forever. Um, you know, Shaq Griffin, I he was the one that was in uh seattle for a while and and then jacksonville and you know he's kind of a guy uh, you know not not bad by any means but and and so like you look at it and then their their backers are okay they got uh henry toa who's kind of underperformed um you know he he's probably shouldn't be starting he's a fifth round rookie but you know he plays a lot of a lot of snaps for them um blake cashman is another one i think he's a young guy uh you know and he's he's just been kind of okay never been a real starter in his career uh you know and now he's starting for them at linebacker so you've i mean you just got a lot of guys that i similar to the cardinals i mean if we're being honest right like just a lot of guys that probably shouldn't be starting but are denzel perryman's suspended he's probably you know their their best is a strong word their most veteran linebacker presence uh christian harris is another one like you know they're just kind of a lot of a lot of just guys um 
out there. And, and so from that perspective, it's not shocking that their defense is not great. And and it's kind of like what you're seeing in Arizona right now. And it's just the fact that you've got, you've got talent. I mean, you got Jonathan Greenard, who's been uh, a revelation from them. Uh, you know, he was a, he was a third round pick in 2020 coming into his own. Finally, uh, he's got, he leads the team with seven sacks. And obviously we know about, well, Anderson Jr. Not putting up the sack totals that maybe uh, people had hoped, but he's, he's, you know, doing a nice job as a pass rusher, but he's been really, really good against the run and, and helping that run defense, which I think is top 10, right? Yes, I want to say so because they've been. Yeah, so they're they're eighth, they're eighth in yards, but they're third in yards per attempt. So, so that's I mean, so those are the big things that you look at. Like their defense is just not, it, it just lacks talent. And and as Cardinals fans, we we know that. But their quarterback play has been so good. This is the crazy stat. This is like the craziest stat. Their rush offense, and you would assume with any rookie quarterback at all, you would need a strong rushing offense. Their rushing offense is 30th in yards per attempt and 25th in yards. But CJ Stroud's been so good. They're third or they're second in passing yards and third in net yards per attempt passing, which is, you know, uh, pass passes minus sacks. And so it's just insane that they're throwing the ball so well and they don't play good defense and they don't run the ball well. And they're five and four. Yeah. That that's that's the thing that that's fun. Well and, and let's kind of look over that that's then they've beaten some good teams. That that's the thing. Um, oh yeah, I mean they beat. Ja- I mean they beat down Jacksonville yes. and Pittsburgh. Now Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh's a weird team this year because they've been outgamed in every game and still or have a winning but, record. I was gonna say, but they're six and three. I mean, I mean, and when Houston beat them, they beat them yes. thirty to six. <laughs> yes. And then, so, by the way, they followed that up by losing to Atlanta the next. Yes. Week. So um, they they squeezed by it by New Orleans, who's been it, they up bar- and down. Yeah. And they, they they barely no they they lost they lost to the freaking Panthers yeah it took it took um a miracle drive by CJ Stroud by CJ Stroud to beat the Buccaneers and well, they and were they, they were mostly in, they they were in control of that Bengals game because at, at the very end the Bengals only managed to tie it and well, so. And- and like you said, their their wins that are impressive have been the Jacksonville Pittsburgh Cincy game where they kind of just controlled things from from snap to snap. And and it's interesting to look at those games because outside of the Tampa game, the Jacksonville game, they didn't run the ball very well, only 86 yards, but that Pittsburgh game 139 yards rushing. Oh, by the way, uh, they they usually don't turn the ball over in those games either, in in games either. But they had 139 yards rushing, in the, and then in the Cincy game, 188 yards rushing, and so, and you look at their total yardage over 450 in both games. Like that's the crazy thing is that 
those games where they are kind of in control, and like you said, t- or since he made it close at the end, they they do just such a good job offensively. And that's, I mean, that's just the craziest thing to me is that if you go by the, I forget what they call it, the um, expected win, you know, loss and stuff like that, they're they're right there where they're supposed to be because their offense has been so good outside of the first game, but their defense hasn't been good. And so and so they're they're winning games by putting up points. And you know, I talked with the guys over at Battle Red Blog, and that's kind of what they said. They're like, you know we're in a similar situation to you guys in that we really don't know what to expect because it's only Kyler's second game back. And, and, you know, like Jess and I, you know, we're hoping that he continues that up upward trend that he had, but you know, it is still knocking rust off time as well. Right. So we wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have a great game, but you look at it. I mean, what game have they held anybody down? Pittsburgh and Carolina like those are the only two games defensively where you're like oh this defense looks good I mean the other games they're 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 from passable to awful right and they they beat like I don't know how they beat the Saints because the Saints put up 430 yards and only had 13 points two turnovers I mean that's the thing when it I mean when you really boiled the NFL down the talent disparity is usually not big enough that you can you can uh, turn the ball over. Uh, the Saints threw an interception and they they fumbled the ball. They also had seven penalties in that game, but it's crazy. I mean, you look at it like you said: four hundred thirty yards of total offense, twenty four first downs. Uh, they only gave up two sacks. But they turned the ball over twice. They had seven penalties, um, and they were over two on on fourth down conversions. But they held the ball for thirty one and a half minutes of the game compared to twenty eight and a half minutes. And by the way, Houston was four of eleven on third down and still won the game. <laughs> like it, it's one of those kind of games that you go back and you're just like, I just don't. And it's why I mean, you and I were joking about it earlier, right? Like. It's why you don't gamble. It's why it's dumb to gamble. <laughs> I mean, you look at it, the the Saints missed two field goals in that game. Um, one from 37 and one from 48. And, and I mean, that's – and they still lost by seven. That's the craziest part. They're, you're like – Oh, that's the difference in the game. It's like, no, they were still be down by a point. Like, like, how do you miss two field goals and you still lose by a point? And and then, you know, the Pittsburgh game is just one of those games where they played poorly. But I mean, you go to the Atlanta game, they gave up 447 yards of offense to the Falcons. 447. And that was, I think, Desmond Ritter Falcons still. Yeah, it was. And so, and so you just like, they're just such a Jekyll and Hyde team and they're coming off of two amazing offensive performances after what was, you know, one of the most lackluster performances of the season from any offense. I mean, outside of the Cardinals Browns game like that. And I think it was, no, there was a Sunday, wasn't it? The Panthers, uh, 
Texans. That Panthers Texans game was awful to watch. I mean, 225 yards of offense. The two teams combined had less than 500 yards of yeah. offense. Yeah. Like it was it was legitimately awful to watch. <laughs> and so you just and so you're like, okay, is you don't expect it, especially coming off, you know, two games where they put up what 900 Oh, they put up over a thousand yards of offense in the last two in the weeks. last two games. <laughs> so you're like, oh, they're going to be fine. But then you look at it, and then the next week, you know, because it, it's still a rookie quarterback that it's like, oh, he put up. Because it, again, it's not like the Panthers are a good defense by any means. No, they're not. They're not. They're the Panthers aren't really a good anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on then. So coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's move on and talk about individual matchups, keys for the Cardinals in this game in week eleven. That's coming next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web. This is the this is the second part of our preview. Keys and matchups. Um, it's very interesting to, to kind of look at because the Cardinals statistically, and, and, and what did I talk about when I talked about it on Will, with Will McFadden over on, on the second preview show, that the Cardinals defense, and maybe it was with you too, the Cardinals defense, when you look at it, some of the metrics, you're like, they're bad. But then you look at, like, they, they give up a lot of points. They give up a high passer rating. They haven't forced to take. They haven't had a turn turn a takeaway in the last three weeks. But you look at the yards allowed; they're very modest. Um, that's they're, 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 they just don't get off the field consistently. Yeah, it's just so weird because you look at you know the last four games: three eighteen, two sixty eight, three twenty six, and two fifty four. That's those are good defensive numbers in terms of yards, but they gave up 23, 27, 31, and 20 in those games. And so we, the, the, the Texans have been moving the ball extremely well, and so you look at it and you're like, can they do it? Can, can they slow this passing offense when they really haven't been able to, while they haven't given them a ton of yards, the quarterbacks that they've played against have played well. Right, and and it's fair. It's a fair question, and it also is why, um, it's why you look at this game and you you look at it and you go, oh, the the Texans are going to drub them, like th- because of all the things you just said. The Texans are just going to drub them because they just don't have the horses to keep up. But then you look at the matchups and you kind of really dig in, right? And you're like, all right, well, I mean, does Nico Collins, who hasn't practiced, and I don't think he played last week, did he? I don't think he did. I'm double-checking right now. Um, you know, does Noah Brown really? I mean, yeah, I get it. They, they played freaking phenomenal last week like i'm not or the last two weeks i'm not trying to take anything away from noah brown but like these guys haven't done it you know and and, uh, nico did not play his last game was against uh the the box and by the way you look at nico brown 
he's had one game since the Pittsburgh game when he had 168 yards. He's had one game where he's has more than 60 yards receiving. So like it's not like he'd been producing at a high level. You look at Noah Brown again, 328 yards in two games. And then the rest of the season, you know, he's got 111 yards receiving the rest of the season. So you look at those and you go, no, I mean, there's no way Marco Wilson, uh, Garrett Williams, Antonio Hamilton Jr., Starling Thomas can match up with with Collins, Dellen Brown if they're all on the field. But outside of Dell, who none of them have been consistently good. I mean, right. you, you look at Dell, and even he's had two or three games where he's less than twenty yards receiving. But that's expected from a rookie, right? Like yeah. that's expected from a, a third round rookie. Like you're like, oh yeah, he's gonna have highs and lows. And then you look at again, you look at the running game, and and you it's pedestrian. You know, I, Their run game is is not good. Well, like you said, two hundred nine yards rushing for Devin Singletary in eight games in eight games and he has 150 in one game like his games from uh the his first eight games his high was 58 <laughs> 58 so again it's not like we're talking about an offense that outside of cj stroud has done anything consistently. And, and like I said, Stroud's had off games. That's expected from any quarterback, let alone a rookie, right? Like a rookie signal caller. I mean, he's got a 140-yard game against the Panthers, like we talked about. He's got a 199-yard game against the Falcons. But outside of that, he's been about 240-plus yards. It's just been the last two weeks when you talk about, you know, uh, 826 yards passing and six touchdowns. But even last week against Cincy, I mean, you think about it, he had 356 yards and one touchdown, one interception. He had a sub 60% completion percentage. Like he put up 356 yards, but it wasn't like it was like the week before where he was 71% completion, 470 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, he had a he had a yards per attempt of 11.2, adjusted yards per attempt of 13.5 with a yard per catch of 15 points. Like he had a 147.8 quarterback rating and then followed it up with a really solid game, 87.1, which is slightly above average, right? 85, I think, is considered average for a quarterback rating. Um you know, 87.1. So again, I think the big thing is they don't allow a lot of sacks. You look at you look at a three game stretch against Jacksonville, Pitt, and uh Atlanta. They gave up zero sacks. And even the last four weeks combined, they've given up eight sacks. The first two games where they were just bludgeoned, eleven sacks. I mean, that's a huge thing. And since those eleven sacks, they've given up eight the rest of the season. So that's a huge thing. By the way, there's a there's something that coincides there that uh maybe you can you can field that one if you want. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's that's when uh former Arizona Cardinal Josh Jones went to the bench, by the way. Um 
it was after those first two games. I mean, let's be honest, Laramie Tunsil is yeah. good. He's, he's good. He's fantastic. He's well, a fantastic and, player. And so, well, yeah. Um, well, and, and who's the guy on the right side? Fant, uh, George Fant? No, it's not Fant, is it? I thought it was, um, oh, shucks, what's his name? Titus Howard. Oh, it, yeah, Titus no, Howard. No, this year it is George Fant. They moved, it is George Fant, you're right. They moved Howard over to left guard. Okay, so the, so they put Howard in, even in front of Josh Jones. So. Yes, Josh Jones is listed as the second team, the, the backup at both left tackle and left guard. So he's the swing left side guy. Okay, and and so you know you look at it, they've just they've just done a great job. I mean, and George Fant hadn't been good. Shaq Mason um, flopped. Remember when he? Where did Shaq Mason sign his big deal from? And then he flopped because he wasn't in. Uh, was it? I think it was Tampa, Tampa. Bay. Well, they didn't. Yeah. They, didn't they trade for him? Yeah, and he and he flopped, and they got because he was you know phenomenal in New England, and and ironically, you get out of New England and you're not good, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, you know, he's had a nice season for them. I mean, it's just crazy to see what happens when you protect the quarterback, right? And and so those are some big, big things. Oh, especially especially with the fact that, the, they, granted, he's proven that otherwise, Stroud was believed to be kind of like a robot, but, but very fallible if he has to move his feet. Right. And and so that's the thing is you you give a – you give a quarterback any quarterback time, but especially a guy with the talent of C.J. Stroud, and you're seeing what's happening. So, you know, do, do the names Noah Brown, Nico Collins strike fear? No, not really. But have has what they done, should that scare the Cardinals? Absolutely. I mean, they've been – I mean, we're talking about three guys that all have – 140 plus yard games this season um you know and then like we said i i don't hopefully this isn't a a get right game i guess technically the get right (laughs) game was last week for their running game right but yeah yeah and and as of right now it's unsure whether damian pierce will play because he's missed he missed Wednesday's practice and Thursday's practice. So unless, and there's always the chance of this, if they, they, they trust him enough to get one day of practice in and be able to play, it'll probably be Singletary again. And yeah, my, the, here's the part that my, I wonder about, considering he had 30 carries last week. He had 62 total carries in the previous eight games. Yeah. How's that body going to react after that drastic a change in workload? Right, it's a huge deal, and and you know, uh, like you mentioned, um, Damian Pierce is dealing with an ankle. Their next running back is um, is I think it's Mike. Is it Dari? Agumbale, or is it one Mike who hit Boone? the field goal? Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> I think it's Mike Boone, though. It's isn't Mike it? Boone is the who's listed third on the depth chart. Yeah, so it's like again, you look at it. By the way, he had no carries last week, so you know it's one of those situations where I just think that they kind of they're they're looking to ride um, Devin Singletary, but it's not like he's been good outside of last week. Uh, as just you know, so expertly spelled out. You mentioned. Um, Laramie Tunsil. Obviously, the Cardinals aren't 
a great pass rushing team. They do a great job of pass rushing, situational pass rushing. I think that's probably the best way to put it right. You know, they, they get big sacks and big times. They don't necessarily get consistent pressure. But Dante Stills has been a revelation. Um, obviously, he'll be attacking from the inside. So Titus Howard, um, you know, those guys he'll he'll be taking on. And then can Victor Dimikaji, Dennis Gardeck, uh, and, you know, the now all of a sudden incredibly hot uh, B.J. Ojolari, can those guys, you know, beat Tunsil and, and Fant? I don't know if they can beat Tunsil, although here's this. Laramie Tunsil has gotten a lot of penalties so far this year. Six games, five penalties already um he is i just saw it i want to make sure i get it right he is already in the top 15 for holding calls on the season which is crazy to think when you're thinking about the fact that uh he's only played six games so like paris johnson has four he's played 10 games Tunsil's played six games, has three, um, you know, and so then, you know, Shaq Mason, um, uh, Tristan Howard, can they, can they, Titus Howard, excuse me, can they beat those guys? Uh, Dante Stills, especially, and continue to create havoc. Uh, have we heard anything? I know Ledbetter's been out of practice. Do, uh, he, it's do you, two days in a row. The way that it, trends is usually it, no. But so that but Naquan Jones is a guy they just added to the practice squad. He will have been there all week. I, I would I would be I wonder if he would be the guy that they bring up. Like not like he's anything well, special, but because well, it's also one of those things too that let's knock on some wood because for whatever reason these knuckleheads on the interior cannot stay healthy. I don't, <laughs> I I truly don't understand why. Yeah, it's been it's been something. Kevin Strong that had you know he's been hurt and got hurt twice during the game last week. He tried to tough it out, couldn't do it. Yeah, it's just it's been tough, man. And and so that's a big because I truly do think that the Cardinals can win the running game battle. Now, if it's 30 carries again, then, you know, it is what it is. But I I think they can win the run game battle. They have to get pressure on Dobbs. And like I said, eight sacks in the last uh, eight games, that's phenomenal. Like, or seven games, excuse me, they they did have a bye. But eight sacks in those seven last seven games, like that is legitimately phenomenal. And it coincides with the fact that, they're five and two in those games. Like if you don't turn the ball over and you don't take big negative plays, which is what sacks are, right? Uh, you typically don't need to worry about uh, other things. And so those those are the things. On the flip side, you know, you have to take advantage, man. Like they don't rush the passer extremely well. They don't blitz. Um, you know, we're looking Will at Will Anderson th- th- versus Paris Johnson. That will be that- fun. That's going to be a really fun one. Uh, the other one, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Jonathan Grenard, 
he's got seven sacks. Sheldon Rankins from the interior has four sacks. They have to be able to control those guys. Yeah, and then it'll be maybe DJ, maybe Beecham at left tackle, and who knows going to start a left guard. They've got four different guys in nine and ten games that have played. Oh, Tristan geez. Colon has, has, is limited, but I wonder if they would still roll with O'Donnell especially after after what he did last week but yeah that that left side is going to be interesting and and here's the fact here's the here's the part where we want to fact focus on is is Kyler what what do we get out of Kyler this game um he looked great honestly i agree i, I can't think of i there was very little not to like about what Kyler did he had the one false start and he had the just miss, the just miss to to Hollywood in the end zone when I figured what the smarter play was to hit McBride in the flat when he was wide open on that third down play and and to see what happened because he just missed Hollywood. And then the interception, but that was more, that was a miscommunication. He, it, he was throwing where schematically you should, and yeah. McBride was doing what he yeah. practiced so <laughs> so let me ask you this looking at how the uh how the texans line up on defense they put in passing situations because sheldon rankins their their interior pass rusher rarely plays on i mean he's he's got only 104 run, uh run defensive snaps compared to almost 200 pass rushing defensive snaps so he's you know literally a a pass rushing specialist. They line him up on the left side, so that's that's Will Anderson and Sheldon Rankins. I'm assuming Will Hernandez is going to continue to gut through and play. Is that? I mean, it, well, that he's not on expect? the un, he's not on the injury report, so right. Even though his knee looks like a a balloon or whatever, it is. <laughs> um, you know. So so you know, Grenard. We talked about he's their leading pass rusher. He's been their best pass rusher this year. He's got to go up against against DJ or, or Beecham. Beecham had a great game, uh, you know, in that one. Um, but Will Anderson and Sheldon Rankins against Paris Johnson Jr. Will Hernandez. That's going to be a huge matchup for the Cardinals because the thing is, is, and, and I think I and I wonder in those situations, unless it's like nine plus even like eight yard situations. I wonder if they might run a little bit at Rankins because he's been so bad against the run that, and obviously we know that Hernandez's best work is in the run game. So is that something that you can take advantage of when they do bring him in? You say, Oh, okay. Cause they don't blitz. I mean, they blitz about as often as the Cardinals do. And the Cardinals don't really blitz that often. They just, they bring linebackers in a pass rush, but they'll drop, you know, yeah, they'll drop an end or something like that. So I wonder if that's something that you can attack, especially with Kyler, you know, alerting and saying like, Hey, like let's run, you know, ISO there. Let's run quarterback read there. Like situations like that, that'll be something just to kind of like a game within the game type situation to line up against, because I'm looking at it. I mean, uh, 103 on the defensive left tackle and 171 on the defensive or as a left defensive end. So kind of like what we saw them do with um, 
who what's his bucket lj collier the cardinals do you know they they he's kind of an interior guy in the pass rushing situations he's out but there's also will anderson who's out even further than him you know type of of situation so that'll be an interesting one to watch because i'm telling you he's been legitimately awful against the run uh, sheldon rankins and so if you get him in situations even if it's third and seven ish like you might be able to get six seven yards running right at him which kind of changes things for you right like that makes it a little bit easier doesn't it to to then go to the next next down even if it's fourth and one right um, yeah yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see because the cardinals have basically been able to run on everyone yeah, yeah almost everyone except i mean obviously the cleveland and and you know, when we talk about these things, you guys got to remember, like, just throw that Cleveland game out. It, it <laughs> well, it's a, different, it's a completely different story. It's a completely different story by having James Conner in the lineup. And, and, and what I, I wonder if Michael Carter will play this week. I'm guessing probably not. But if, we've, if you have James Conner and Marty Mercado, that's a really nice duo. That Well, one, James Conner, yes. Anybody but Keontae Ingram these days. Yes, and 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 the 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 possibility of what Michael Carter can bring. I'm really excited about that as 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 running back depth and as a team right. that likes to that wants to use the run game in that fashion. And so I I'm excited about what that can do if they can be if they can be the team that kind of kind of cracks cracks the code against that that run defense because if you look at if you look at the the run defense that they've had, they have given up fewer than a hundred yards. So they gave up over a hundred rushing yards in their first four games, but in their last five, no, they haven't reached the century mark. And, and the Cardinals, on the other hand, they have they have gone over a hundred rushing yards in eight of their last nine. Yeah. And and you look at it, you know, the they do it it's interesting that they do a good job from the linebacking position um in terms of in terms of coverage. So what do you think that means for Trey McBride? Do you think they can still exploit that matchup? Because I've got something that I'll, I'll you know, semi-spoiler that I'll talk about when we get to uh, when we get to our our prop bets. But Christian Harris and Blake Cashman have done a nice job in coverage this year, but I just don't think physically they match up well with McBride. You know, you look at the tight ends that they face this year. Um, in in a lot of games, you know, obviously Mark Andrews had a nice game. Um, Evan Ingram didn't play extremely well. And then you look at the Steelers and the Falcons and the Saints, and we know that those guys don't believe in tight ends. I guess I don't I don't know what their <laughs> what their you know thing is with that. But you've got I feel like Evan Ingram went for seven for sixty seven. I feel like that's a similar type of game that you could see from Trey McBride, despite the fact that that they do have in Harris and Cashman good coverage backers because 
again, I just, it's just it's real funny to me to look at all these numbers, man, because I just don't understand how they are five and four at this point. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not trying to be mean because like, that's what I said. It's, it's just crazy to me that we're not, and I know a lot of teams are. And so, but like, we're not talking about more about what CJ Stroud's done this year. Cause it's just, it's baffling that they are, they are that good when you look at what there other are, teams are. Are they kind of the opposite of the Atlanta Falcons? Right. Where they have all this talent and the quarterback makes the quarterback play, you know, brings them down to a questionable team. And the, the Texans, on the other hand, have questionable talent at most spots, but the quarterback play is elevating everyone. So one last thing on the on the tight end situation too. Um you look at it two weeks ago, K Dotton had uh seven six for seventy and two touchdowns. So like I just it'll be interesting and you know, like I said, spoiler, we'll we'll talk about it shortly. <laughs> yes. You know, and then and then uh the three tight ends for Cincy combined for for 51 yards receiving so like it's not like they do a great job stopping the tight end so yeah i mean this team lives and dies by what cj stroud does and that's i mean that's just a baffling thing to me that they're five and four (laughs) and their rookie quarterback has been that like that's yes bananas and you look at their you look at their schedule the rest of the way you know eight games left Cardinals, Jaguars, who they blew out, Broncos at the Jets, at the Titans, Browns, Titans again, and Colts. Like you look at that and you could see them going eight and oh, and you could see them going <laughs> oh and eight. Like you literally yeah, you, you, could absolutely because Denver's playing better. Jacksonville probably is not going to go down the way they did before. The Jets, oh, the, oh that the might Jets? be Aaron Rodgers. Right, and they have a great defense still. Um, you know, the Titans is the one game you look at. You're like, okay, they should win those two games. They play, they get them. You know, kind of all the, the Browns. Right time. I mean, the Browns have a great defense, but um, right, no word to Sean Watson. So <laughs> I know. So yeah. So it's just crazy to see this because, you know, we went over it. Like, the names don't scare you. It. I mean, if you let me ask you this, Jess. If you were like, look, you can have. Dell Collins and Noah Brown, or you can have Hollywood, uh, Michael Wilson, and Rondell Moore. You'd probably pick the Cardinals trio, yeah, just yeah, based on names. But like, just what the Houston Texans trio of receivers has done—it literally is just mind blowing to me right now. And like, I I was looking forward to talking about this because there's just—it's just. It's just it doesn't make a lick of sense, man. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't, but that's what we've got coming up this Sunday. Coming up next on the Rise of Syria podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. It's time for predictions and prop bets. I'm guessing is your favorite part of the show. That's coming up next on Rise of Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Predictions and prop bets. Let's go with the props first. Now, the, the player props started coming out on, on BetMGM. 
I, I'm a little disappointed in the fact that they don't have more. Um, but I'm staring at one right now that, that has that I'm very puzzled as to why it's that low. Um, but this is just, this is, there's not, it's not, that's not super juicy odds. It's your straight up, you know, even odds on either side, but Kyler Murray over with the, the, the passing yard line is at 238.5, uh, the, both the over and the under at minus 115. So, you know, you got a little bit, you've got a little bit of juice you got to pay there, but basically, uh, a standard split and one he had almost 250 last week should have had more like you know if you if he's a he's I, I, maybe I'm just giving Kyler like he should have done hitting you should have hit Hollywood in the end zone Elijah Higgins that that's not a play that he should drop he was looking at 275 to 300 yards uh, on two plays that made a difference but the 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 stat that I'm I'm looking at is that the that the Texans and and I'm I'm not looking at the individual starters but I don't need to because the net passing yards they've allowed the net passing yards they've allowed they've allowed 251 or more net passing yards in their last two weeks and four of the last five games and that's their quarterback's passing yards and then you subtract the sack yards. So if they had any sacks at all, the actual quarterback's passing numbers would be greater than that. That's how you know Clayton Toon was able to pass for 58 yards but end up with only um, 17 net passing yards because of the seven sacks. So they had 17 net passing yards that game. But So the last two games and four out of the last five and six of their nine games, I'm sorry, yeah, um, Oh, five of their nine games, but four of their last five, they have allowed, uh, they have allowed 251 or more net passing yards. That seems like a slam dunk, just easy, easy bet. It's not great odds, but it's not bad odds either. So that hammer no. that for sure. And I like that you can uh, take and it's Thursday night when we're recording. So if you hear this uh, Friday. Go check the odds. Uh, 250 plus uh, passing yards for Kyler's plus 110. Take so that. you get a l- for sure, little for better sure. juice uh, for the extra yardage. And, and you know, spoiler alert, I think Jess and I think this is going to be a shootout. So, uh, so good chance that they continue to throw the ball. Um, rushing props. This is, a, you know, an interesting one that you look at and – we talked about the Kyler rushing props. They have corrected big time. He's at <laughs> over under 29 and a half yards. You had free money last week. Jess and I gave you free money or Jess and Blake did, but I text Jess as well. I was like free money. Take, take Kyler's over like it. 13 and a half was ridiculous. I get that they were worried about, but like, I don't think if he couldn't have moved, at all that they would have let him come back right like exactly i mean that's exactly the case because everyone thought that the cardinals were tanking this year anyway so (laughs) right um so yeah so that's not great this week 30 yards i think he covers that if you want to take it that's fine but like just said kind of with the passing it's the juice isn't worth it 40 gets to be too much i'm i'm usually 33 and a half is usually uh or 35 i guess for if you want to make it easy math 35 is about where i cut off for uh yards because you have to remember quarterback kneel downs count 
Yes, they that. do. That they do. So if he gets to 40 and the Cardinals are winning and they kneel down twice, then you're back at 35 and you've lost. So, or you, <laughs> even if you, so, you've lost well, that. In bat. that and, case, and, maybe you just hope that they have Clayton to come in. <laughs> to right, do exactly. The so, so if you want to take the over 29 and a half, I think that's fine. Uh, but just be ready. If you like to in game play things, um, and I don't know how they're going to work this this week, but last week I was able to snag him over 25-plus rushing yards um, later because he hadn't run the ball very much, and then he had the long 13-yard run to get him to, what, 38 and a half, or 38, wherever he ended with last week. Um, and so that's a smart play as the game's kind of progressing. Uh, especially if it's a close game because you know Kyler's going to use his legs at some point to make a big play. Uh, so check that out live. But, you know, obviously that's not anything Jess and I can foresee the future on. Let me ask you this. Trey McBride coming off 130-yard performance, first Cardinals tight end in uh, 900 years to go over 100 yards receiving. We just talked about the tight ends that the Texans have not been able to stop the last uh, basically five games uh, outside of Carolina. Trey McBride comes in at 54 and a half. It seems low, does it not? I mean, it, it does, especially since from what it sounds like is they like he got that passing. He got that receiving production without the benefit of schemed ways getting him the ball. And maybe maybe that goes against it. So game flow is kind of what determined that he got the ball on those cases. Would that then make it um, that variance much more, like makes it a much more volatile selection because uh, unless they're starting to scheme ways to get him the ball purposefully, um, I, still think, I, I still think that he gets over... You know, especially since he's got what is it, um, two games over ninety yards in the last three, right? And and probably only the last four, right? And so, and so it, it, it's it's not it's not a slam dunk, but it's definitely not I a mean, bad bad. No, no, obviously, no gambling is a slam dunk. Uh, it just it feels like that is a. Uh, interesting way to come off of and, and i get it he's not he's not mark andrews he's not um travis kelsey in terms of of usage and yardage but you know he outside of the cleveland game where he, by the way in cleveland he still had three catches for 22 yards yeah like that was he was the bright spot the bright spot and, and so i just yeah i, I think you know, one of the things I've been eyeballing all week is kind of following along with his yardage. So obviously over 54 and a half. Um, I do what we call a ladder. I don't know if I've ever brought this up before, but if you take his over 54 and a half, I would actually take his 70 and 80 numbers as well. Those are plus money, plus 155 uh, for 70 plus plus 235 for 80 plus yards. Uh, like I said, the, the tight ends that they've gone against that are comparable from a skill set standpoint um, are are going for about seventy a game um, on on the Texans and and like we said they don't they don't do a great job on defense. Um, 
And then Tank Dell, uh, Nico Collins, not certain. Noel Brown, not on the board with, with Nico Collins being expected to play right now. But again, he's, he's been nicked up for the last couple of weeks. When you look at, when you look at his, at uh, Dell's number 58 and a half, have you felt at all this year? Like the Cardinals have been able to hold down a wide receiver one. Mm, no. <laughs> and I'm so trying to think back to, anyone that was worth anything right no and so i get the i get the aspect of rookie rookie stuff that's tough but 54 and a half uh tank has clear or 50 is it 58 it's 58 and a half on on bed yeah yeah it's 58 and a half uh 58 and a half he's been at 56 or higher in um in seven or sorry they played one last six of the nine games this season. Uh, I I like that number, and I was telling Jess before, if you're feeling um, if you're feeling saucy, I like to parlay a single game parlay of alternate odds of um, Tank Dell yards and uh, Trey McBride receiving yards i think i want to make sure i get this right i think if you go 80 plus for both um it's plus 750 yeah plus 750 on DraftKings. um 80 80 receiving yards for both you know small 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 fries bet type of thing but like a five dollar bet wins you uh 4250 on the other end so not a bad day um at the office so those are the ones i like I would stay away from any sack uh, individual defensive stats this week. I don't like them. I don't know how you feel. Um, Like I said, neither team does a great job of rushing the passer consistently. And, in fact, there are none on DraftKings at this moment, whereas in the last couple weeks there have been a lot. I don't have any defense. And sacks is not one that I've ever seen on FGM. Yeah, uh, DraftKings has them quite often. So, what do you think of the kicking props this week? Looking at it, Prater's intrigues me with his over two and a half field goals. Like I said, I think this is going to be a shootout. Oh, uh, so here, here's 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 one to like if you don't like the over two and it because oh, it's over one and a half field goals made for Prater at plus one hundred. Yeah, and and it's at actually plus one hundred five on DraftKings. So if you're not feeling the, uh, if you're not feeling the point afters being made, uh, then go ahead and go ahead and snag those field goals made. Because again, I think points are going to be, I think points are going to come in this game. Um, and, and so if you're if you're like Jess and I, I I would suggest that um, I would stay away from Amendola. On in terms of his kicking points, because seven and a half worries me, because I truly think that they're going to be able to score touchdowns on the Cardinals. Yeah, and so, that, so that's a seven, lot. Of, that's a lot of points to get for touchdowns. right. So yeah, seven and a half is plus one hundred. That gets you that that basically means you have like you you need the Cardinals to get two stops inside the 30 uh, to force field goals 
on top of the, you know, probably two or three touchdowns they'll give up. So I just, I don't like that number because I, I, I think that he's going to get to, I mean, I mean, semi-spoiler, I think he's going to get to seven points on the day. And so I, I don't want to get caught on that hook of seven and a half. Um, so I take Prater, definitely take over field goals made one and a half. And I would actually play is over point after attempts at two and a half as well. Um, that's at, that's plus 154 on on DraftKings. Now, do, does DraftKings have um, touchdown scores, anytime touchdowns props yet because BetMGM does not? Because the one thing now, one game of, of Kyler Murray, and we see that Clayton Toon is the, is the short yardage quarterback, you now have to you have to think hard about Clayton Tune as, as yeah. an anytime touchdown because those are those are going to be likely really high odds. <laughs> yeah, and it's he's not listed on um, DraftKings right now. I don't know if he's listed on yours. Well, he we don't have any touchdown props yet. Any player okay. touchdown props on ours? Yeah, on so we've yet. got a we've got a lot. Uh, he's just not one of them. So Does which that... is which is disappointing because I think that's a hedge from them. To make sure that they don't get burned. <laughs> I mean, because what I mean, let me ask you this. All right. So, anytime touchdown score, uh, let's just put Amari Di Mercado, you know, uh, fringe gonna play this week, but a backup. He's plus 550. You would have that range. Yeah, that would make sense. Right? Yeah, that would like, make sense. Between 550 and 750. Because I don't think you could put them lower. Now, let me ask you this one. This is a really interesting one to me. Um, the Cardinals defense special teams is plus 650 to score a touchdown. That seems outrageously low. Like, in the sense of, like, they haven't had a defensive or special teams touchdown all season. CJ Stroud doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, we literally just gushed about the fact that he does not turn the ball over. And plus 650, like how is it how is it basically the same money to bet the Cardinals defense or special teams to score a touchdown as Keontae Ingram? <laughs> like it that doesn't make a lick of sense to me. I don't know how you feel about that, but I would stay away from that completely um if you're you know if you're inclined to bet those things every once in a while i wouldn't i would not touch right, that, that like, doesn't, doesn't that, make any sense it, it that's got to be like a plus 1800 for me to want to play it because it's just it's not worth it um i'm looking at it the other one that's off the board now for the cardinals which uh our buddy uh kyle odegaard had had a field day with the week of the Browns game, no touchdown scored, uh, off the board finally. <laughs> so all we can say is welcome back, Kyler. Yes, that is that's that's some fun stuff. It's really it's really good. Now uh, predictions for this game. It sounds like you are predicting a slightly higher scoring game than I am. I I picked on and my underdogs column for Sportsbook Wire. I have one of my three picks. Now, I went over one to start because the Bengals did not cover the spread against the Ravens, so over one. Um, but I have the Cardinals covering, 
Because at plus four and a half, I think this is going to be a three or a four point game ultimately. Uh, I, I am not convicted enough to say which team wins, but I think it'll be 28-24, whatever the score is. And so either way, the Cardinals cover the spread or they win the game. Um, I don't I don't know if the Cardinals have the juice to get to 30, um, but maybe, and it sounds like you think one of the teams will will get to 30, do you? Yeah, I have this one going 31-28 to the uh to the Houston Texans and I look at this game more as whoever has the ball last is going to win this game. Um and so I'm just taking the home team in this instance and saying that the Cardinals uh either tie it up late or or aren't able to convert and on the flip side dj stroud much like that bucks game is able to lead a, a great um drive get them in field goal range and and allows their kicker to to do his thing and so i i wouldn't be surprised if it was flipped by the way like if the cardinals right i, I truly do think this is whoever has the ball last is going to win this game at least that's what i'm hoping i'm hoping that the cardinals continue to trend upwards with kyler especially offensively um I don't have high expectations for the defense, and I think you feel the same way at this point. Yeah. Like, we, we understand their limitations from just an ability standpoint. So if you're asking me, I would not play a money line bet on this one. I would take the Cardinals to cover, especially anything over four and a half. Yes. Four anything? and a half is like if it were three. I'm like no, but that four and a half I like that because I like I I think a three or a four point game makes sense with the at the right. end of end of game type drive. Um, I I I I I will say this. Okay, I won't predict the Cardinals win. I'll say it'll be twenty eight twenty four Texans. I'm gonna say that, but they cover. But, but they but they, they cover, it, and I think both of you you and I agree. Take the over. In this yes, one. yes. Which I means think this one it's going goes to be into the fifties. Yeah, which which means it's going to be thirteen fifteen. <laughs> yes, because because betting is dumb. <laughs> All right, so we've got thirty one twenty eight for Seth. You've got twenty eight twenty four to me. You've got some. You've got a, a few bets you can make, and you can also check out revengeofthebirds dot com later in the week and cardswire dot com later in the week. My prop bets article I usually do on Saturday might be Sunday morning. Seth, what day do you put up your your props? Yeah, Saturday morning as well. Uh, we get them up there so you can uh, in, enjoy uh, the games. The biggest thing I recommend to people is that, you know, obviously money that you can afford to lose, obviously, but it does make it enjoyable to sit there and, and see things that you're betting on. So if you don't want to ever bet against the Cardinals, don't bet on the Texans. Just don't do it. <laughs> like, don't. But on the flip side, don't. Uh, hate bet against the Texans either like oh CJ yeah. Stroud is going to have an interception dude's thrown two all season don't bet him to throw an interception it's not worth it it's not it's not a wise way to spend your money <laughs> if and you want to do yeah. that buy Jess uh uh cherry coke and me a beer and we'll you know yeah, we'll, we'll spend your money that way that <laughs> totally with that we'll we'll wrap up this edition of the rise of Red podcast mr of cardinals talk on the web episode 47 uh this this show obviously is dropping on friday i will have mark lane from texans wire for our behind enemy lines our enemy 
the however you want to call it, but it's it's the from the other side perspective preview show that will drop on Saturday. He's one of my he's one of the guys I, I who's been on the show before. Um, so be looking for that. Seth and I will be back next week. Um, hitting talking about the game, recording Tuesday night, hitting Thursday Wednesday morning, and then for the rest of the week we'll have to wait and see because you know it's the holiday. So after that we definitely have a show dropping saturday have a show dropping on wednesday that's seth cox i'm just rude thanks for listening as always thanks for listening to the latest edition of the rise up sea red podcast listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on apple podcasts stitcher radio Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Sea Red.